What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Netfront Traffic Report podcast. As always, with Steve, Mitch, and Bernie. Another week down in the busy NHL season, and we've already have the goal of the year, boys. McDusty going through the entire Rangers defense and again scoring. This guy, he's like done one on four goals, like I think like three or four times. The last one against the Leafs last year, and then against Columbus in his rookie season, he came back from that injury. So this kid loves to go on the rush by himself, obviously. But sick goal. Oh my God. Is this like, like, <laughs> Is this has got to be the goal of the year, if definitely. Like, I don't know if it's going to get beat at all. And I, I was listening to radio today, too, and, and I kind of agree with what everyone was saying. But, like, the only person that can beat this goal for goal of the year would be McDavid later in the year. Like, exactly. It was ridiculous. That, I, I mean, Jesus takes the puck outside, curls back, and goes through, like, all four of the Rangers defenders. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if it's uh, like McDavid's that quick or like the four of them just all looked like he kind of just swiftly went by him and it didn't like it took no effort at all. And if you watch the video too, like he didn't even get like a good, uh, a good like running start. You know what I mean? Like a good stride into this. Like he just curled just into the neutral zone and then just went yeah. and then just turned right off the of last- a turn, went through all four of them. But at the same point, they were probably moving up to cut the gap, right? So yeah, everyone was kind of flat-footed, but I, I I think it's just the poor like stick checking and and stuff nowadays. Like no one really tried to throw a body in front of him. They were just it was just poor stick checking, and he's just so good, so quick while he's got the puck while while moving at top speed, he just goes like through them. Did you guys uh, see his interview after? Yeah. Yes, that was hilarious. That was a great answer. <laughs> he's like I'm paid to get big goals. That's what I did. Yeah, paid it. It's, it's true though. He's like uh, paraphrase. He's like they pay me to this is what they pay me to do, and you know it's it's not really a good idea to try and walk through four guys, but I thought it was a good opportunity. I just went for it. Thought it was a great answer. Like it was. We were, like we were talking about this a few weeks ago. I forget, um, you know, who was talking in the media, but I said like I, we need more of that. Like I we. Do you guys remember who it was? Like some like, personality. Yeah, I don't remember who you're referencing, but like it's good to see, especially him. He's being he's so like, laid back, right? Yeah, laid back in the media. He's quiet, but now he can start saying stuff. It's good. Get some talking points. Yeah, good confidence. Yeah. I mean, it's it was a it was a big goal for them too. There's three minutes left in the game. That's what tied it at five five, and then they end up winning in <laughs> overtime. And they were down three or four, four one. That was it. Four one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And the the Bison King Pulleyarvi scored. Side yeah. Side note: I read a little. Uh, I forget someone on the the. Uh, who are they losing to? Rangers. Yeah, I read a little quote. Uh, someone from the, the Rangers bench uh, heard Drysaddle go by the bench when they were down four one and say, "Don't worry, we're just getting, we're just about to get going right before their comeback." And uh, I thought that was a funny quote. Is that I I saw the article that said like Drysaddle said something and predicted they'd come back, but I never re- clicked on the article to read it. So now that's what it said, I guess that he knew yeah. it. The confidence, I, and he gets the game-winning goal too. I've listened to a few a few of his interviews. I can just picture him saying it in, in his little like 
slight German accent, it'd probably <laughs> be pretty funny. Yeah, he barely has an accent for being German. But uh, another talking point this season, boys, the Islanders. They haven't even played a home game yet. I know they have this whole situation with the arena, what's going on, but 10 games or 10 game or so in and they haven't played a home, yet, home game yet. I think that's just hilarious. And I don't know why the NHL would schedule that. I think the arena is just not or, uh, not ready to to host the game yet. But they uh, their first home game I think is on the ninth, no, the twentieth of uh, November. So next Saturday is their home opener, and then they have a home game four home game stretch. So um, considering that they're above five hundred right now at five three and two, I consider uh, this a great start to the season for them. Yeah, definitely. So they're playing in their new arena when they come back. Is that what it is, sort of? Yeah. Okay, nice. Well, that's that's exciting then, I guess. But yeah, a whole yeah, other week, dude. They're not playing in, the, not playing in that shitty Brooklyn arena anymore. <laughs> or the Coliseum. Yeah. That thing yeah. is falling apart. That too. Yeah, a whole other week on the road too. That's nuts. I think it's an accomplishment yeah, more... to be above 500 for sure. And then yeah. uh, they haven't even had Varlamov too for the beginning of the season as well. They're starting goalies. So I think it's an accomplishment for sure. Yeah, I think... Uh... I mentioned this to someone before the season started, but I said if they can come off this this road stretch uh, of 13 games to start the year above 500 or or at par, I think they'll they're going to put themselves in a great position for the rest of the season. Yeah, especially when they're going to have a bunch of home games like back to back to back, like they're mm-hmm. not 13 in a row, but they'll have like six or seven home stretches where they're just at home. So that could be huge in the yeah. later run of the season. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, definitely play a huge advantage when uh, trying to get the, you know, the points that are definitely harder to come by later in the season. Uh, well, I kind of referenced this last week or a couple of weeks ago, maybe, but uh, Chicago obviously made some changes within their organization, and now due to their poor start, head coach Jeremy Colton has been fired. I think we can all see this coming. He was just, I don't think the players kind of almost respected him being guy behind the bench, like such a young guy. Not much experience. And I think he was young. Duncan Keith was obviously on the team last year, but Duncan Keith was like four years older than him or something like that at the time or two or three or something like that. But it's just uh, he's gone in Chicago and everyone thought Chicago was going to make the playoffs this year. And like just they, they're awful right now. They're slipping away way too early. For sure. I mean, we're, we're past that 10 game interval now where you, where you judge teams on and they've massively unper- underperformed based on their expectations. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I mean, from our perspective, the, the last few years that uh, he's been in charge, like you haven't really seen any growth from any part of the team, really. Like the amount of young prospects that they've they've had in the system that you haven't really seen take a step. Or, uh, well, I guess there was Kubalik last season, but it, they let him walk and go to Detroit. No, but no, he, no, no, no. Kubalik's still there. Who is the or um? Are you thinking about Suter? Uh, I'm thinking Suter. of Suter. Sorry, yeah. I don't know. Yes, yeah. They let uh, I think he had I think he was up for uh, up for the Calder last year, and they let him walk. I think that was surprising. But I mean, you look at Nylander, um, Strom, like you know the defenseman they just traded to uh, Columbus. Like there wasn't really a lot of growth from from those young players, right? So, and then you also look at you know the lack of production of declining of the the older core. Like it, it kind of put them in a tough spot. But I do know that I was reading that. Um, you know, one of the big reasons that Jeremy Colton's been there for so long is that uh, for the last three years that Stan Bowman was like a big part of that. He backed him up and and really believed in him. And now that he's gone with the rest of the 
you know, Blackhawk staff, it kind of just makes sense to just see him uh, move on as well. Yeah, I agree. Clean slate with everything that's kind of going on there. And and Stan Bowman was the guy that was backing him. So, I mean, once he's gone, uh, I'm pretty sure the new the new interim general major manager has been given all the, the leeway to make any decisions and, and changes that he wants to do. So, I mean, with the with the way they performed, seems like the right decision to me to, to just start yeah. fresh. And that's what they're going to take. He, Carlton's so young, he could probably find another job in a couple of years as well. So, like, obviously there's someone who believes in him to give him the job that young. So maybe it takes a couple of years as an assistant, and he's back in the head coaching job in, like, three or four years. Exactly. This now makes Sheldon Keith the youngest coach in the NHL, by the way. Um, oh, wow, congrats. Side note, side note, though, do you guys see – I mean, from the way it's gone so far, do you see either the team kind of bouncing back for Chicago, or do you see them kind of getting rid of those guys? Like, like for example, the guy that co- comes to mind for me is Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, do you see him finishing the season there, or do you see a bounce back from this team in a push? So I think um, I think Derek King will bring a you know a positive influence to the team right away. I think you'll see the team bounce back like they already have, getting him his first win the other night, and I think you'll continue to see that over the coming weeks. But I think it'll just depend on the adjustments that he wants to make to the existing structure that was put in place by Colton. I don't think he's coming in here to make drastic changes to the way they play, but just minor tweaks to kind of help propel the team forward and it'll go from there. Um, you know, and I think that's up to the team. I don't really think it's, he has the power to to turn the season around as much as people think, like I think that's on the team. So I think it'll depend on what, uh, how the team plays. And, and if that, um, you know, that decision will have to be made to trade deadline for for someone like Flurry. Okay. I think they have I think they have some key pieces in place to 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 have a good run like people are expecting at the beginning of the season. But I mean they've kind of put themselves behind the eight ball at this point. So I think there's a lot of other um things that come into play in determining whether they can come back this season. Yeah, we should exactly. we should just get we should get Bernie's action on the case and let him crunch the numbers and get a get a real answer here. <laughs> I'll run the well, models. <laughs> Steve, the what do you think? At the end of the episode, um, I got, I kind of agree with Bernie. I don't really have an answer, but I don't think they're gonna bounce back and make the playoffs. I think they're too far behind already. So I think they're gonna like maybe like average out and be that team that's kind of been Chicago with the past couple of years. But I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. No. So I yeah, think they're just I, too far behind. In my opinion, if they don't make the push for the playoffs and it doesn't look like they're gonna get to that point, I think uh, Mark Andre Fleury is gonna want out. He's only got one year left. This might be his last year. I think he's going to want to go for uh, for another cup, potentially. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams that will have interest in him. This guy's the reigning Vesna. So. He doesn't have a great year this year, but yeah, either also can be with the team as well, just performing so badly. So can't really put all the blame on him, but he definitely hasn't been the Vesna goalie like he was last year in Vegas. So they did get him for free. So whatever they trade anything for him, they've won the deal. So <laughs> it's true. That is crazy. But <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if they're going to start winning some games, they're going to need Seth Jones to step up. The guy has had like minimal assists and no goals in his, in, you know, his first ten or twelve games with Chicago so far. Doesn't not he have great eight for nine point five. What's that, Steve? Not great for nine point five million or whatever he's got. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> you lost. Nine, like you need that offensive production, especially especially with his shot. You need him to start picking up the base, start putting the puck in the back of the net. I think. But uh, it's a little off topic. Yeah, that's just that goes to what with the whole Chicago failure at the start of the season. So we'll see what they ha- what happens with uh, Derek King, the new interim coach, moving forward. 
another guy who just signed a new contract, actually, and just named 10th captain in Senators history, Mr. Brady Kachuk. Uh, what do you guys think of this the captaincy role? I think it was either between him or Thomas Shabbat. And honestly, I, if you asked me last year, I would have gave the Shabbat. But now Brady Kachuk signs this deal for eight or seven years or whatever it is. They know that he's the staple in Ottawa right now. So he's the guy. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you, Steve. I think if you asked me last year, it would have been give it to Shabbat. Um, and obviously, they kind of had to wait to see to play it out and see if Kachuk were to stay around, if it was between the two of them. But now I think it's Shabbat so so much in the rear view that I feel like when when Kachuk signed this, it was like, hey, that's that's our guy. That's what the crowd and the fans have been, the anticipation has been building up towards. So I think uh, it makes sense to, especially because of the long-term contract, to give it to Kachuk. Yeah, I agree. Great play for Ottawa. I think he's an absolute Swiss Army knife. He does everything for your team. He can fight. He can, you know, he can score. He'll set up his teammates. He can, you know, leads by example. He can get physical if he needs to. He just does everything right for his team. And uh, I, he kind of reminds me of Bo, Bo Horvat in a way, but, a, you know, a little, little bit of a mean streak to him. But I think he's, a, you know, the perfect captain for a young team like Ottawa. Yeah, that team is so young. Like, how will... Kachuk 21, 22, something like I think that. He's 22, yeah. Yeah, so like so young, and obviously yep. they think the world of him. Yeah, he also plays like he's, you know, 25, 26, like on an edge <laughs> in terms of his confidence. I mean, like, yeah, he's not afraid. Got, got, yeah, he's just kind of got that swagger to him. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's a player that he's going to be a fun guy to watch in the next couple of years. Another guy who's going to be fun to watch in Vegas now, Mr. Jack Eichel. This trade finally got vi- finalized. Literally about 12 hours after we recorded last week's episode. So after we gave our predictions and all that jazz. So, of course, that happens. But uh, Jack Eichel goes to Vegas and yeah. going to Buffalo is Alex Tuck, who's from Syracuse, Peyton Krebs, and two picks. So what do you guys think of this deal? I think, uh, obviously, that I, it came out that that Calgary trade was, like, BS. And they were, like, mad that it came out because it was so, like, far off. Yeah. But all we've been hearing of for Jack Eichel before, like months and months, that the asking price is way too high. And honestly, I don't think this deal is like anything crazy. I think Vegas just won this deal. And going back to Buffalo, Krebs is a good prospect. Alex Tuck's the NHLer, but like I think they could have gotten more. I, I totally agree, but I think it just came down to the point where they they had to they had to pull the trigger on something because they, uh, who was it? Someone from Michael's camp was going to file a grievance sooner or later if if this yeah. didn't go through, right? And I feel like Buffalo kind of played all played all their cards. Like they to play devil's advocate, I think that like this is like all Buffalo could have ended up getting because it seemed like like we predicted last week that this whole Calgary trade was just kind of blowing smoke, trying to put the pressure on the teams to get something done. But um, but I do think Vegas obviously came out winning this deal. If Eichel can come back and give them give them what he was in Buffalo, like wow, it's going to make this Vegas team look even more dangerous. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Mitch, in a, in a sense that I think uh, Kevin Adams exhausted all his options. I think he, you know, he never gave up, and this was like kind of the, the last straw of everything. I don't, I really don't think he was going to get much more out of teams, and because of the, the time-sensitive, uh, or sorry, how time-sensitive this, this situation was, I think he got the best he could. My confusion was, like, why they gave up a third-round pick. You know yeah, I mean? that didn't make any sense. I don't know. Like, I don't understand yeah, how that came you. into the deal. Like, also, they, technically a third pick swap with with uh, with Vegas. Yeah, I don't understand 
how that happened, but um, yeah, I don't know. Also, the first round pick was top ten protected too. So well, does I, that I don't mean think we were going to see Vegas at the bottom of the NHL standings next season, or is it this season? This season, not the pick. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So what does top ten protected mean? That's in that it has to be outside the top ten. Is that what it means? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've always wondered if it is inside the top ten, what does it turn into then? I don't know. It it uh, rolls over <laughs> into the next season. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Kinda, okay. That happened a few years ago uh, with Ottawa when I think it was Colorado. They got to decide which yes, pick they wanted to right. keep if they wanted to keep that year, and I think they're picking. They picked Byron. They pick Byron, yeah, four, and they yeah, gave Ottawa was. their. Their pick the following year, which was this year, and they which ended up being Kachuk. No, what didn't no. end up being Kachuk, or was wasn't that wasn't it? Wasn't it this season where they got two first round picks in the top eight or whatever it was? It was yeah, they was Stutzel and that D man from Sanderson from North Sanderson. Dakota. Oh right, a couple years ago. You're right, yeah. you're right. There was another trade I'm thinking of where it, Ottawa had given up a it was a, another like top protected pick or something like that, and it was um ended up. They had a choice to keep this year's or like delay till next year or something like that. They ended up keeping to, to draft Kachuk. Oh, but... at the beginning of the rebuild, I remember yeah. that too. Wow. Was okay. it the Eric Carlson kind of trade? Maybe. Yeah. So this this yeah. is this has happened uh, a few times with Ottawa then. So. Yeah. Like, luckily, they've came out of it. <laughs> Somewhat, Bernie. What are your thoughts on the trade, the Eichel trade, Bernie? Like, what do you think? Is this good for Vegas or do you like Krebs and Tuck going to Buffalo? I mean, I think anytime you can get a, a talent like Eichel on your team, it's a win. So I'm going to go with Vegas for this um, just because I don't really understand the direction besides Krebs, like with Buffalo, with what they wanted. Like they're going to be, you know, Vegas is probably going to be, you know, a top five, six, seven team. Like they're probably going to be picking at, you know, 22, 23 and up. So besides Krebs, like, I mean, I would have got this done in the summer at a at a much better price, I think, in in terms of return. So, I don't really understand that angle, but I think Vegas won this deal easily. But like the cap concerns, I just don't understand, like, yeah, how Insane. that's gonna work uh, moving forward. I understand they got a few pieces on LTIR, but like, are they just gonna pull Tampa and and try to you know try to step right in? Because I heard Eichel's gonna be back in three months. I don't know how what's going to go down. I don't know how this cap relief and all this jazz works, but all I know is that if you take those contracts and put them back on the roster off of LTIR, Vegas is going to be over the cap. How much? They have projected LTIR, I, LTIR used right now, according to Cap Friendly, is just over $10 million. So I what's, have no idea what they're going to do. What cap are they at right now? Projected cap hit is ninety-one million, with the ten million used, I guess. Yeah, which is eight million over, wouldn't it be? Roughly around there. Yeah, so it says projected cap space zero. I but mean, they are, are they going to have to trade someone? Uh, Do they have anyone to trade? They. I'm looking at it right now. Riley Smith is the UFA next year. He makes five million. So I, I bet you he's on the block. Exactly. I was just going to say that. And then they have a bunch of RFAs, but they all make less than a million. So, like, that doesn't really matter. It won't change much, right? So, 
Riley Smith will definitely be on the block. Very it'll, interesting. It'll definitely be uh, interesting to see what they do because I don't really think they can make many changes on their back end. Like they're pretty committed to Martinez, Petrangelo. I'm. They've had a few injuries too with uh, with White Cloud as well. So White Cloud's injured as well. So I know he's. I think he's a, a million dollar player as well. So I don't think he'll do much Same damage. Same with Patrick and Nolan Patrick. Like, yeah, isn't he at nine hundred or something? One two. One two. Yeah, on his deal. Funny, uh, you know, like before it was just the Leafs that were in these cap issues, but now because of the flat cap, like there are a lot of teams that are going to be. I mean, this year and maybe next year, although I think the cap might go up next year, like just a little bit. But this year and next year, they're going to be going to be like a balancing act of, of the cap and, and working around it. Yeah, they need a math magician to get in there. That's why they got those nerds working the the, uh, the spreadsheets hey. and getting those formulas, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Sorry. I'm an accountant. <laughs> That's my job. Spreadsheet. Nerd. Uh... <laughs> Alex Oyander Ovechkin, the day has finally come. He scores a 741th goal, tiring Brett Hull for fourth overall on the all-time list and inching towards that Gretzky record in just a couple of years. I know we've talked about this before, but I think this guy is a lock for beating Gretzky's record. If he stays healthy, obviously, if he can still score the goals, which I think we all know he can. Yeah, I think he might uh, set a record this year for most empty net goals in his career. I think he has like two yeah. or three so far this year, and every single time uh, Washington's been up, he's been on the ice with a few icing calls as well. But I think he's uh, earned the That's respect smart. of his teammates over the course of the years of his career. Yeah, absolutely nuts. He has 11 goals in the first 12 games of the season here. It's it's crazy, man. Um, he he's on route for his 10th Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy too. I don't know if I read this right, but no other player has won the Rocket Richard more than twice. So, Steve, the Maurice Rocket Richard started in 1998-99. Oh, true. So, maybe not. Yeah. Pavel Berry's won it oh, twice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, literally no one's won it more than twice other other than Ovi. And he's going for his 10th. He had one, two, three, four in a row. And then Crosby got one. Then he got five, six, seven in eight years. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? <laughs> I heard this quote on radio and it was a great quote. And it was like, at what point are we going to stop saying, um, will Ovechkin get to Gretzky's record? And at one point are we going to start saying, how much is Ovechkin going to beat Gretzky's record by? <laughs> Honestly. Be insane. True. Isn't that crazy? Like no one ever thought anyone could beat any of Gretzky's records, but here's Ovechkin just chugging along. Just getting there with two lockouts or maybe one lockout or whatever, and a shortened season, two shortened seasons actually. It's and just a much nuts. harder deck or era as well. Yeah, oh, the yeah. goalies aren't wearing cushions. The, the, the damn guy doesn't slow down too. He's aged so damn much, but he hasn't slowed down in his goal scoring pace at all. He hasn't changed anything. He's just got a rocket from the top of the circle on the power play, and everyone knows exactly. it's coming, and he still scores. Exactly, insane stats from Ovechkin, obviously. He's a beauty, and when the question will now be, when is he going to break that record? So we'll find out eventually, and hopefully a couple of years. Um, one team that started very hot this season, the Calgary Flames. I know Bernie was kind of high on them to start this year. I know you've got some good talking points to start this uh, start this off with Calgary. Yeah, I, 
I, I think uh, they're a team that has really been talked about a lot um, in the NHL media over the course of the start of the season. I think they've been great. Um, you know, they're, I think they're, I think uh, they're plus minus in terms of goal differential is a big indicator of how a team's doing. And they're third in the NHL at plus 18 right now behind Florida and Carolina at plus 21 and plus 19. And then Edmonton's fourth at plus 17 behind them. And there's no one close after that. So I think it really shows that they're they're playing at a different level right now. And, and they've got a lot of depth to uh, to back that up. Yeah, man, they're seven, one and three, second in the Pacific, only behind Edmonton. You know, I think they're they're a team that's expectations have kind of been cloudy over the past few seasons. And by that, I mean, like. 18-19 season, they were like completely dominant, finished first in the Pacific. That was the last time we had a full 82-game season as well. And and then since then, there's been some underperforming players, an underperforming season, and last year when they didn't make the playoffs, two coaching changes. And so in the midst of all of that, um, you kind of forget the 18-19 success they had, and which has been driven by the same young core that they have that's just developed further now. So, you know, they're still that same team. So I think you're, you're kind of seeing them rejuvenated a bit and saying like, hey, like we are a good team, like we can do this and kind of come back. And you yeah. see that in their in their top players in that core, you know. Yeah. And I think I think to start the year, too, they've really proven that by uh, I think they, they beat New York and outscored them in two games. I think 11 or 12, uh, 12 goals to one over the course of two games and New York second in the Metro at a 7-3-3 record. So I think that's pretty indicative of, uh, you know, the pace and, and, and the, you know, the level of play that they're playing at. I also think, uh, you know, Markstrom's been, been a massive contributor to the team this year. I think last year coming off, yeah. uh, coming off signing a fresh deal in Calgary, um, you know, having big expectations. I don't really think he had the year that he wanted to, especially in a shortened season, only playing the Canadian division. But you look at him now. Um, you know, one six five goals against nine four two save percentage, and you know four shutouts already to start the year. Um, so it, you know, if you don't look at him as being you know the the Flames MVP so far to start the year, I think you're you're not really seeing what's unraveling. Yeah, I totally agree with your saying, Bird. I mean, the only team that's beat him this well in regulation, I should say, the uh, the wagon Oilers. Oilers. So other than that. <laughs> Uh, what about uh, Johnny Goudreau? He's on a UFA next year, right? So obviously he's getting that uh, that little pep in his step, looking for some cash this summer. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, like if he has a good year, what do you guys think? Like seven, six, seven million? I don't know. How do you judge a player like that? That's been so up and down. I think you look at well, last year I think kind of you look at it as an outlier sort of. I mean, if if you look at the rest of his season stats in the past few years, he's he's had uh, like very good seasons and right now he's got 14 points four goals 10 assists in, in 12 games or 11 games that they've played um if he can keep that pace up man and and stay above a point per game i think he's easily looking at at seven or north of seven i think you start with the floor as the kneelander deal and you go from okay. there okay yeah um I think this will be a pretty good deal for the Flames, in my opinion. I think Mitch is right. I think between you know six eight and and seven four, I think would be a good deal, or seven five would be a good deal for Goudreau and the Flames. And the reason I don't think he'll get much higher than that is because he's only really one dimensional. Like you look at other players around the league, like guys that have similar point production and are playing similar roles in other teams. Like they're typically playing, you know, PK. Um, you know they're they're playing in different roles. They bring they bring different uh, elements to the game, whether it's physicality or or something else. I think 
Gaudreau's been pretty one-dimensional to his game, and I, I don't think uh, he'll be able to get much more on the market, to be honest. Do you think he, they, he stays in Calgary, or do you think he walks? I think uh, it was a big discussion last year on potentially Calgary, because they were such a disappointing year of them moving on from those core pieces. Um, but I think the way he's bounced back this year and the way they're playing, the success they're having, um, I, I think he stays now for sure. If anything, I think the only guy that I could see them moving on from from that core would be Monaghan, who's also kind of struggled this season too. To, to He hasn't really bounced back like those other guys. Yeah, I mean, if there's one guy I think they should be worried about in terms of uh, contract is Mangiapani. Like if he, if, yeah. I, think he might, I think he might be on pace to put up 30 goals this year. I think if he can do that, I think he's going to be looking at a massive pay raise. Um, so I think him and Gaudreau combined, I think the, the Flames are definitely going to have their hands full next summer in terms of, uh, I mean, if they if they can keep it up for the rest of the season. Uh, what a surprise this Mangiapane guy is. He got passed over in this first NHL draft, and he came back, obviously. Calgary picked him in, like, this, I want to say, like, the fifth, the seventh round, somewhere in there. Made the team a couple years later, and now they're, like, talking about, like, his hot start. This guy could be an extra on Team Canada or being on the third line or something. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen that. Yeah, crazy, well, he, right? yeah, well, he yeah. dominated the the World Hockey. What was it? The World Hockey oh, Championship yeah. too last year for Team Canada. Yeah, they won summer. MVP. Like, yeah, he's looked great too, and he's just brought that confidence that he had that he got last season just into this season. Kept rolling. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of like a, a Yanni Gord type of player, someone who's fitting in in that top nine, a little smaller, smaller in stature. But I think but he's feisty. got a little more. Yeah, I think he's got a well. I think Yanni Gord's pretty feisty. He's not afraid yeah. to mix it up, but. I think that's Mangi what I mean. Pani, I said that they're like the same. They're both feisty. That's what I said. Yeah, I just think Mangiapane has got a higher ceiling in terms of point production. I think that's where, especially his goal scoring, I think that's where he can make the biggest uh, biggest difference. Yeah, we'll see yeah, if he can keep this going, right? Because like, really came out. He had a good year last year. I think he probably got. I don't know. I know for a fact over 15 goals. I want to say, but like, yeah. I don't think anyone had him. Like, I think he had seven or eight right now, being at the top of the list near Ovechkin and McDavid. Like. This guy plays third-line minutes, basically, in the Flames, and now he's making more role for himself and kind of taking over that left-wing spot or, like on the Calgary's first line. So good for him. I don't yeah. know if he's yeah. Team Canada caliber, but good for him. Yeah, yeah. I, also... I don't know about the Team Canada caliber for, for the Olympics for <laughs> sure, but but he's he's good. He, he works hard, and he, he's, he's feisty, in my opinion. Like Adam was saying, he's good, and he's got a goal-scoring touch. Another guy who's, who's been great for them on a bargain deal um over the past few years of Elias Lindholm I think I think he's been just awesome and he's lighting it up seven goals seven assists um another guy who's on a contract year two though is Matthew Kachuk and yeah. his qualifying is like nine isn't it or something yeah, like it's, that it's pretty high yeah yeah I don't know about so, that so I mean if this if if all this, uh, you know, contract talk means the Flames can have a good year because everyone wants to turn it on and get paid, I, I mean, I think it's a good situation for them. But the uh, the other thing that I want to shout out though was the uh, the production coming from the back end in Calgary that I think that's uh, that that's been overlooked as well with with uh, Anderson and I don't know how to pronounce his name. You guys were saying it earlier, Clingington. How do you say his name? Shillington. Shillington. Shillington yeah. and Anderson, both with, uh, you know, seven points to start the year. I think that's a pretty good start from your back end. And uh, if you look across the league at other, other um, you know, top sixes, I think they're they're amongst the highest in point production. 
Yeah, what's nuts is what I was saying earlier, their 18-19 campaign where where they had a lot of success and they were really, really good. I thought that these guys were new additions that they had dropped. Like, I forgot, like, that these guys had been in the league a couple of years. Like, they were on that 18-19 team as well, just getting mm-hmm. started. Like, this is like, this Calgary team's kept a good amount of the core together. Um, and they've just developed. Like, these guys are, are like, top four pairing defensemen now, and they're playing great. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely uh, showed a lot of confidence when they decided to leave uh, Giordano um, unprotected in, in the expansion draft, right? Knowing that they had these guys coming up and were able to take on these bigger roles. Yeah, that's a good point. Leaving your captain unprotected, right? Mm-hmm. And it was his captain in Seattle. So yeah. I think it worked out for both sides. Because I think Giordano's time in Calgary was done. Like, he was just... You could tell. Uh, so, yeah, but Carey Price, obviously, has been away from the team... Uh, for about a month and a half now, and uh, came out a couple of days ago that he's going to re- he's ready to rejoin the team in the coming weeks, and he released a statement today. I'm not going to read it all, but on Instagram he said, I am working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day. With That comes with uncertainty with when I'll be returned to play. So, again, obviously he is uh, focusing on himself and getting stuff ready with him and his family, which obviously is very important rather than hockey in this day and age. So, um, yeah, good for Carey Price, and uh, hopefully he'll be back with the Habs soon because uh, I'm, I'm sure the boys will appreciate uh, him just being as the uh, the mentor that he is back in that room. Yeah, well, he was actually back with the team uh, officially yesterday, Steve. So I think the oh, okay, perfect. I think uh, Ducharme came out with a message today saying that he'll be back. Uh, came back yesterday, and the timeline for him is to to hit the gym. Uh, the next time would be you know. The next step would be on ice by himself. And then next step would be uh, working with the goaltending coach and then finally uh, join a full practice. So I think it'll be at least a week and a half, two weeks, maybe even three weeks before we even see Carey Price in action. Yeah, no, good, good for him, honestly, and good for him coming out and being, having the confidence to, to put himself into that program and, and get himself right. You know, focus on yourself and your family first. That's what matters the most. Um, and just to take his time, too, with this, uh, it's good that he is back with the team. I think they definitely need that. <laughs> I don't think they're in the best kind of position. And he's always been a role model, been a big part of that team. So, I mean, hopefully he, the boys can help him, too. And, uh, and then they can get back to playing smooth, just like they were last year, being that complete team. Yeah, so it kind of brings it back. My next point kind of brings it back to our discussion kind of around, um, we were talking about Derek King, Chicago, and, and the turnaround, like, do you guys think? Uh, I want to hear your opinion. If you think Price can uh, help dig them out of this hole, this early hole that they they've uh, put themselves in. Uh, that's interesting. I think uh, him being back around the team again, like I said before, there's the presence of him being such a huge figure in Montreal, and him being obviously one of the best goaltenders in the world can obviously help the team as one. And he's like uh, essentially a captain without the captain now that Shea uh, Shea Weber's not there, so. I don't know if he'll help the team right away, but obviously he can steal some wins for you when he's in net. And you saw that in the past 10 or so years he's been in Montreal. So I think, yes, they will improve, but I don't know if they'll, again, like Chicago, I don't think, I think it's too late for them to make a playoff run unless they go on an absolute heater, which I don't see. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think, I just don't like their team on paper as much as I do Chicago's. If I were to pick one to bounce back, I think I would pick Chicago. I, I don't think like Montreal's lost Shea Weber was a, big piece of that team um and then Carey Price like Steve said can win some games for you but I just don't think 
like especially with Caulfield and the minors not being what they expected him to be yet so far this year to take that step. Losing uh, Kakinemi and and getting, I mean, Dvorak's been all right, but I just, I don't know. That division too is tough. I just, I'd rather, I think I see Chicago bouncing back more so than I do the Canadians. And, and to mean, to put it in perspective too, Montreal has six points. Detroit, who's in fourth in that division right now. So let's kind of use that as a hypothetical um, kind of way to get into the playoffs. That's 14 points. So there's the differential of, of what, eight points? Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you look at Chicago, they have six points and Nashville is 13 points. There's a less of a spread there. There's only seven, I guess it's one more, but <laughs> less of a spread there. I just, I feel like Chicago, their, their record looks more daunting, but they could crawl themselves back in just as easily as Montreal. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just obviously first and foremost is getting Carey Price back healthy and then uh, with the team when he's ready to go. So that's the most important thing rather than hockey scores right now. So good for Carey Price coming back hopefully soon and uh, we'll see him soon. And I lied, there is one more thing we're going to need to talk about before we head to Bernie's action. And that came out just a couple of hours ago. Bob Murray, GM of the Anaheim Ducks, suspended for unprofessional misconduct for uh, the for so future. So obviously we don't know what this entails but this just goes to show you that there's uh more stuff going around the nhl that they're finally coming around figuring out just like in chicago stuff's coming out of the the woodworks and uh people are going to be held accountable from now on so what do you guys think of this i think it's good people do need to be held accountable i think it's good that they're they're doing their own if i read correctly um the anaheim ducks are, are doing their own private investigation into the matter as well as it came about um and i think what's interesting too is, is the amount of people talking about it and saying that they're not really surprised that this guy, Bob Murray's kind of rubbed people the wrong way throughout their careers and stuff as well. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. And, and I hope that people are held accountable for, for wrongdoings. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a crazy couple of weeks in the NHL in terms of these types of stories. So um, I also read the, the Pittsburgh situation that we kind of touched on last week was getting resolved as well. Um, if you haven't read about it, you can you can easily do a quick Google search. I don't think we need to get into it either, but um, definitely not as big of a scale as the situation in Chicago. But it'll be interesting to see if anything kind of fizzles out uh, even more over the next coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we'll be hearing more for the Bob Murray because if I remember correctly, he's been in Anaheim for quite a long time. So very long. Yeah. So maybe even since the start. I don't know. I could be lying, but uh. Yeah, obviously uh, a big figure in the hockey world going through some stuff right now and obviously we hope for the best going through that and whoever needs to have their situation resolved, hopefully they get resolved smoothly. And uh, next, Bernie's action. Uh, what do you got for us this week and what do you, uh, what'd you have Fellas. last week as well? All right, best segment on the show we got. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> okay, recapping last week. I only made one play on last week. If you remember, uh, there were a couple tough matchups. Uh, I wasn't really too confident in many picks, so I just went with uh, my most confident pick. I went with Washington taking the money line um, at Florida. Um, I thought I thought Washington uh, has been off to a good start this season. They uh, lost the previous game in a tough in a close game, and I thought they'd bounce back in a big way and get value from uh, their underdog at Florida that night. Um, but five four loss in overtime, so you know early in the season, I'll take that. Um, looking ahead to this week, I'm I'm looking good. I think 
Boys, I'm going to take the over five and a half at Dallas and Nashville tomorrow night. I think uh, I've been waiting on Dallas to kind of pop off. I've mentioned uh, in past episodes that I think, you know, the the return of Sagan and Robertson and a couple other players to their lineup, I think it'll uh, bring a big boost to their offense, and I've been waiting for them to pop. So I think they got a good opportunity tomorrow night at home versus Nashville, so I'm going to take the over at five and a half. Um, thoughts, boys? Fade or ride or fade? I'm going to give a mix because if you see Saros is playing, I'm going to fade. But if it's Connor Ingram, I'm going to I'll ride that one. But I think Dallas is due for a bunch of goals. I just don't trust the uh, the Predators to score goals because remember last year Roman Yossi led the team with like 33 points or something like that. Obviously, the short yeah. season, but like they it, just don't have goal scores. But yeah. Dallas does on the other hand. It is UC Saros playing tomorrow because they don't have a game tonight, oh, okay. so it will be it will be him. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna fade on this. I know you're crunching two fades. I, I know you're crunching two numbers, fades. and I, I gotta have faith. But both these teams are Can't in the bottom. this one tomorrow night now. They're they're in the bottom ten. They're in the bottom ten for goals for both these teams. Um, so I know Sagan's been popping off a little recently, and Dallas is kind of coming alive. Klingberg's back too, but. I'm with Steve. UC Saros is a good goalie. Nashville doesn't have much of an offense. Um, but if UC Saros can, can shut the door, I think five and a half is a little steep. So I'm going to fade. I think, but I, The reason I'm thinking this is I think Dallas is going to win. And I'm looking at at least a 4-2 game in Dallas's favor. I think um, on the road, I think Nashville will, won't come with their best. I think Dallas will bring their, bring their best. And I think I'm going to look at a 4-2 game. So I'm all over that over five and a half. I can't wait to win that matchup and bring it back to the next week's episode. But to, another one more play for, for tomorrow night out of the three games. I'm going to take the, I think, uh, pretty straightforward. I think the Wild have been doing really well to start the year. Obviously, off to a hot start. I'm going to take the Wild money line over the uh, single wing Coyotes in Arizona. Um <laughs> Not great odds, but I think it's somewhere where you're almost certain to win some money. So I'm going to take uh, the wild money line tomorrow night. I can't really see you guys fading this pick unless uh, <laughs> you're really confident in the in the Coyotes to continue the uh, dominance on home ice. So rider fade this pick, boys. I will be riding that. Any pick you pick against the uh, Arizona Coyotes, I'll be riding because they're not winning many games. So I'll yeah. ride. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna ride with uh, with Bernie's action on this one too. I don't even know the name of the goalie that Arizona's throwing out there. I don't. I've never heard of this guy. So, so I, I I don't know. I I'm gonna yeah, ride. Yeah, it's impossible I, to say. Yeah, I, uh, I had from a good source that I the uh, they were out at the club the other night after their first win, and the uh, the ladies with the the bottle service they were bringing over their drinks and like a little jokes like saying one in ten coyotes like congrats like bringing over the bottles for them so I don't know I don't know if that was like uh, one of their friends running they love or it. that's or if that's just kind of like the the yoke around town I'm not sure but I thought that was pretty funny yeah that is pretty funny they're they're loving it eh? eating it up one in ten great job yeah. guys laughing soccer league I'm I'm sure the coaches won't uh, be too happy about that yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, they're grown men. They can do what they want, but they're not really performing yeah. at the rink. So, <laughs> interesting that you uh, avoided the big Leafs Flyers game tomorrow night. That'll be a good one. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be a really good game. It'll be interesting to see if the Leafs can bounce back after getting absolutely thumped by the Kings the other night. Um, I think I think Philly. I think that's a tough matchup. Uh, I'm not really certain where to put my money, especially. 
uh, with the Leafs being uh, favorites on the road. So um wasn't really too impressed with the Leafs play last game, so it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll be taking notes to see if they bounce back for uh, future picks. Yeah, just plugging it into the into the model, into the analysis. That's figuring yeah, it out. It's already into the spreadsheet, and it's been uh, the algorithm's been working for a little bit, readjusting, recalculating, and uh, the algorithm. Oh, give me the like best it. picks. Give me the best picks possible. So. You can find those picks at Bernie's Action on Twitter. You can catch the rest weeks of this week's. Sorry, you can catch the rest of this week's action at Bernie's Action, and cash in on the rest of the action. Action. Bernie's Action. <laughs> that was a good. Right one. on, right on. <laughs> All right, boys. Anything else before we end this episode? Nope. I thought that was good. I liked it. <clears throat> yeah, that was a fun one. All right, everybody, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NetFrontPod, and we will see you next week. Be in the nigga case On sneak this The shit I tell my dog The shit I say in your face Perk got fin off